One of my favorite ways to invest is real estate, but not everyone wants to handle tenants and toilets. Enter Fundrise. They make it easy to invest in real estate with their flagship fund. Now, as always, you always have to carefully consider the investment objectives and risks of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. But right now, demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. And the Fundrise flagship fund plans on going on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes with just as little as $10 by visiting fundrise.com slash PFP. As always, carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com slash PFP. That's fundrise.com slash PFP. This is a paid advertisement. Spring is a great time of year to do some cleaning around the house and clean up your finances. And something else that you can do for your family this spring is shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius as part of your financial planning for the year. Getting life insurance today means you'll have peace of mind so that if something were to happen to you, your family can cover expenses, things like mortgage payments, credit card payments, car loans, or even college costs. I have a wife and two kids, with a third on the way, by the way, and business partners that all depend depend on my income. So I needed life insurance and Policy Genius made that so incredibly easy. And with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. On this episode of the Personal Finance Podcast, we're going to talk about 20 plus investing lessons from one of the greatest investors of all time. everybody and welcome to the personal finance podcast i'm your host andrew founder of mastermoney.co and today on the personal finance podcast we're going to be talking about 20 plus investing lessons from one of the greatest investors of all time if you guys have any questions make sure you hit us up on instagram or tiktok at mastermoneyco and follow us on spotify apple Podcasts, or whatever podcast player you love listening to this podcast on and if you want to help out the show leave a five star rating and review on apple Podcasts or spotify it truly does help out the show and we are trying to get to that thousand review mark on apple Podcasts as well so it truly would help us out if you leave that five star rating and review on apple Podcasts as well now today we are going to be talking about over 20 lessons that we've learned from one of the greatest investors of all time. And who is that investor? We're going to be talking about Peter Lynch today. And if you've never heard of Peter Lynch, Peter Lynch was actually an investor who wrote the book called One Up on Wall Street. And One Up on Wall Street is one of the best books that I've read. Uh, and I read it very early on. I think I read it back in 2013 or 2014. But once you go through that book, I think there's so many great investing quotes there as well. But Peter Lynch was the manager at 
a fund called the Magellan Fund. And the Magellan Fund was one of the most profitable mutual funds ever. And he would go in there and he would buy individual stocks and he made all the investing decisions. And he averaged a 29.2% annual return when he was at the Magellan Fund. But at heart, Peter Lynch was a value investor. And so what we're going to be talking about here is a lot of these investing lessons will portray to people who are interested in individual stocks, but they will also really, really set the tone for people who are interested in index funds and ETFs as well, because it's really important to learn from people who have experience and look at some of their experiences. And you can also learn from their mistakes. They don't have to be your mistakes for you to learn from mistakes. They can be from other people's mistakes as well. So we're going to talk about some of his investing lessons today. And he has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to investing lessons. In fact, he's got some of my favorite things to ever read. So if you've never read One Up on Wall Street, that is a fantastic book that we will link up down below so that you can check that out as well. And if you want to get a copy of these investing lessons so that you can review them, if you want a PDF version, or you can use them to remind yourself say, for example, if the market's down, he has some quotes on that, then we'll uh, give you a PDF version of this so that you can just have a downloadable PDF so that you can remember it. So we'll link that up in the show notes down below as well so that you have that available for you for free. So uh, these are some of the things we're going to be talking about here today. And without further ado, let's jump into these lessons. So like we talked about, Peter Lynch was a value investor. He bought individual stocks, but at the same time, he was also a proponent that a lot of people should be investing in index funds as well. So we're going to look through some of these quotes. I'm going to read off his quote, and I'm going to give you some of the key takeaways that I have from each of these quotes as well. The first one, everyone has the brain power to follow the stock market. If you made it through fifth grade math, you can do it. Now, what a lot of people think is when you're investing your money, a lot of people are intimidated by investing because they think it's a very complicated endeavor, especially very early on. But truthfully, investing isn't that complicated once you kind of get the basics down. And so this podcast has talked about a lot of the basics before, but understanding some of those basic things and really what matters more is your behavior around stocks. And this is the key thing to understand. People are intimidated by the numbers. The numbers are less indicative of your performance and what is more indicative of your performance is your behavior around stocks. And we're going to talk about a lot about behavior today because that's the most important thing that you need to understand when you invest your dollars. But most people think it's overcomplicated. It's not. And Peter Lynch is saying that here. If you can do fifth grade math, then you'll be able to really understand the numbers when it comes to investing in stocks. So if you are someone who has overcomplicated stocks in the past, do not overcomplicate stocks. Do not think through this as something that is really, really scary to have to go out and do. Instead, understand that investing is a few basic principles. And if you get the few basic principles right, you can do really well investing for the long term. And you've heard us talk about this if you're a student of Index Fund Pro as well. The first five modules are just us talking about psychology for the most part. We're going through what happens if you invest your dollars over time? How can that money grow? How fast can that money grow? And what are the principles that you need to be putting forth to be able to do that? That's exactly why we do that up front because we want your behavior to change first so that you know what the outcome is going to be if you invest your money. If you invest $1,000 per month, what's going to happen if you invest it with an X rate of return, for example? And we show you that and show you if you get to the end here, this is exactly how much money you could have with that rate of return. So this is the cool thing about learning how to do this is you don't have to overcomplicate the math. The math is simple. There's a lot of calculators out there that can help you with it as well. We have our own uh, calculator we've developed that the Index Fund Pro students are going to get this week. So you can see how this is going to work so that you can go through that process 
as well. So do not overcomplicate this. Do not become intimidated by investing. It's actually very simple math. Number two, and number two is about the rule of 72. We'll go through this in a second as well. But the rule of 72 is useful in determining how fast money will grow. Take the annual return from any investment expressed as a percentage and then divide it into 72. The result is the number of years it will take to double your money. The rule of 72, if you listen to the episode we had with Brian Feraldi, Brian Feraldi invests in individual stocks as well. He has an amazing book called Why Does the Stock Market Go Up? And Brian Feraldi talked about the rule of 72 in that episode as well. What the rule of 72 is, is you can divide any rate of return. Say, if, for example, you get a 10% rate of return on an S&P 500 index fund, for example. Well, you can divide that by 72 and you can see how long will it take me to double my money if I invest my money with a 10% rate of return. It's a really cool calculation and it's a very cool way for you to be able to see, hey, how fast might my money grow over time? So let's give you some examples here. Say, for example, that you invested with a 10% rate of return. Well, the rule of 72, you divide 10% into 72, it's gonna take you 7.2 years to double your money. So every $1,000 that you invest, it would take you 7.2 years to turn that into $2,000. Every $10,000 you invest, it would take you 7.2 years to turn that into 20, and so on and so forth. Say, for example, you got an 8% rate of return. Well, that would bump it up to nine years before you could double that money. Or if you got something like what we see in our savings accounts right now, by the way, savings accounts are really rising. Say you got like a 4% return on your high yield savings account, then it would take you 18 years before that money would double. So this is a really good calculation to kind of assess, hey, do I want to invest my money in some of these places or should I pull back and find another investment that may be more profitable for me and fits my risk tolerance? Those are the two things you got to think through as you go through this process. So that's how the rule of 72 works. Number three, if you're prepared to invest in a company, then you ought to be able to explain why in simple language that a fifth grader could understand and quickly enough so that the fifth grader won't get bored. I love how Peter Lynch brings some of this stuff out because you need to simplify your investments. And we talk about that all the time on this podcast. Why? Because simplification means that you're going to continue to do something over a long period of time. And investing is a long game. You need to simplify your investing ideas. In fact, Warren Buffett is very famous for buying billion dollar companies with a one page contract. Why he simplifies down those companies to a one page contract so that he can go out and buy them and streamline the process simplification is the name of the game in finance. If someone's trying to overcomplicate a financial situation, say, for example, you're talking to an advisor and they're trying to overcomplicate a financial situation. They're using technical jargon that you don't even understand. You need to tell them to simplify this down because you can simplify money and really have some of the best returns out there. That's why we talk about index funds so much, because index funds are the most simple way that you can invest and you can get some of the best returns where most professional money managers can't even beat out index funds. That's why we love them so much because you can simplify down your investing principles. So if you're going to invest, say, for example, a company, you need to be able to simplify why you're buying that company on a simple napkin. And you need to be able to explain it to a child so that that child will also stay engaged. This is kind of how you have to think through investing. You need to know why and you need to understand the business completely and then be able to explain that in a very simple way. Number four, you get recessions, you have stock market declines. If you don't understand that's going to happen, then you're not ready and you will not do well in the markets. This is a very important thing to understand because if you are a long-term investor and if you're an investor in whatsoever, you need to understand that recessions are very 
normal. Recessions are going to happen. You are going to see your portfolio reduced by 20, 30, 40, sometimes even 50% if it's like 2007 and 2008, where your money might get cut in half. And a lot of people start to panic when that happens. But guess what you truly need to do? You need to understand that this is a normal part of the cycle within the market. And it's a very normal thing. It has happened so many different times that we've had bear markets. We've had recessions. We've even had depressions. So understanding that this is a very normal thing, but long-term investors always win. Why? Because they're willing to ride out that wave. They're willing to ride out that volatility. This is a mindset thing. This is a psychology thing. Very early on in my investing career, when I saw my stocks dip, I got very nervous. I remember my heart would start to flutter, all those different things. Now, I could care less if my stocks dip. Why? Because I'm a long-term investor, and if you take out a stock market chart, pull out your phone, Take out the stock market chart and put it to the longest time horizon that you can. What direction does that market go long term? It goes up. And that's what it's done historically over time. Now, sure, historical performance is not indicative of what's going to happen in the future. Yada, yada, yada. We understand that. But at the same time, historically, since the very early 1900s, we have seen the stock market go in one direction. So you have to expect these downturns. You cannot panic during downturns or you will never be successful when you're investing. Instead, what you need to do is you just keep investing no matter what. Just keep buying consistently every single month. Take the portion of your money, whatever your savings rate is, 20%, 25%, 30%, put it into the market or put it into whatever you're investing in. Maybe it's real estate, maybe it's something else, but put those dollars into income producing assets that produce an income for you so that you can retire. Because if you don't invest your money, you will not be able to retire. Number five, and this is kind of goes along with number four as well, is the real key to making money in stocks is to not get scared out of them. So people who buy stocks, then when the market declines, they sell, are not going to be successful with their long-term returns. You have to stay invested over the long run and not get scared out of investing. But the cool thing for people who do do this, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, I've sold so many stocks when it goes down, then it goes back up again and I'm driving myself crazy here. This is a skill that you can learn. Like I said, early on in my investing career, I would get worried when my stocks would go down. Now I could care less. Why? This is a skill that you can develop. There's a couple ways that you can actually develop this skill. Number one is education and educating yourself on the markets and how the markets move and reminding yourself that this is a very normal part of the cycle is one of the biggest things. So you can do this through reading books. I read a lot of different investing books, especially early on. I would read tons and tons of investing books. I'd read 30, 40, 50 investing books every single year so that I could understand how market cycles moved. Study some of the best investors. Look at Peter Lynch. That's why we're doing this. Look at Peter Lynch. Look at Warren Buffett. Look at Charlie Munger. There's so many amazing investors out there that you can see how did they react when the market dipped? Did they panic or did they buy more? How did they react when they did that? So you got to think through how you are going to react and visualize what's going to happen because this is a very emotional thing for a lot of people. And once you take the emotions out of the equation, all of a sudden you can be a much better investor. Listen to podcasts. Listen to podcasts who talk about this kind of stuff, that market recessions are very normal. If you listen to any personal finance podcast or investing podcast that tells you to sell when markets go down, then you need to write that person off because this is something that over the long run, markets go in one direction historically. So you gotta understand how this works. So the more educated you become, the less fearful you become. That is the bottom line when it comes to this. Number six, there are substantial rewards for adopting a regular routine of investing and then following it no matter what. And additional rewards for buying more shares when most investors are scared into selling them. There's two parts to this. Number one, 
is most people are rewarded with a regular routine of investing. Now, if you heard the episode, we had Nick Majuli on. He talks about his book, Just Keep Buying. And that's one of the premises of the investing portion of that book on Just Keep Buying is just keep buying. Just keep investing. Why? Because historically, that is the proven way to build wealth over time. That is the first half. And the second half is, if there are investments that you truly love and they take a dip in the market and you have cash on hand. Now, I'm not a person who keeps cash on hand just to buy dips. That's not something I do. I'd rather have the cash working for me right away. But if you have extra cash on hand outside of your emergency fund, don't use your emergency fund for this. But outside of that, if you have extra cash on hand that you just don't know what to do with and there's an additional stock that you know or an index fund or an ETF or whatever it is that you truly believe in, you've done your homework, you understand it completely, and you can understand it and explain it in a simple way, then that may be something where you would be interested in buying that at the dip because that's what rewards people as well. And that's what a lot of these investors do when you go through that process. Also, I'll give you an example of this. I hold mostly index funds and ETFs. The majority of what I hold is index funds and ETFs, but I do hold individual stocks as well. I have a dividend portfolio that I hold, but in addition, I hold some individual stocks in my taxable brokerage. And one of those stocks, my largest holding overall is Apple. Why do I hold Apple overall as my largest holding? Because Apple is a way, in my opinion, where you can buy something that everybody is addicted to, which is their phone. And so you can actually buy into a company where people are addicted. In fact, in this room, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven Apple products in this room alone. So when I go through this, I'm a person who buys a ton of Apple products. I understand the company wholly, completely. I've owned Apple since 2012. And so it's one where I've held this company for a very long time. It's been one of my best performing assets that I've ever had. So when Apple takes a dip, I understand this company wholly and completely. So when the market takes a dip, a lot of times I'll just buy more Apple along with index funds and ETFs, but I will buy more Apple during that time frame. Why? Because I think Apple's on sale. I think this company is on sale. They have so much cash that they produce. I understand the balance sheets. I understand how the financials work. And so when I see that take a dip, every single time I go and buy more Apple. Now, that's not saying you should go buy Apple. What I'm saying here is this is a company I believe in that I fully understand and I understand the surrounding financial metrics that you need to know in order to invest in a company like this. And the same thing can go for you on those dips as well. So that's what Peter Lynch is talking about here when he looks at some of this stuff. Number seven, and this is a good one. The list of qualities an individual investor should have includes patience, self-reliance, common sense, tolerance for pain, open-mindedness, detachment, persistence, humility, flexibility, willingness to do independent research, and equal willingness to admit mistakes, and the ability to ignore the public. This is a lot of characteristics that an individual investor should have. And this is why I like to invest in index funds primarily, because those are a lot of characteristics that you need to master before you can actually buy individual stocks for a number of different reasons. And so when I'm looking at this, this is why I just think most people should invest in index funds. In fact, we had Brian Feraldi on this podcast we talked about earlier. He wrote the book, Why Does the Stock Market Go Up? And Brian Feraldi talks about this as well. He's an individual stock investor and says that 99% of people should be investing in index funds. But why? There's so many characteristics that you have to have, and you really have to master the psychology part. You have to master your psychology and master your behavior in order to be a good individual stock investor. Number eight. If you go to Minnesota in January, you should know that it's going to be cold. You don't panic when a thermometer falls to zero. Now, this is a great example of you need to expect what you should expect. 
And when you invest in the market, you need to expect that the market is going to go down. You don't get surprised when the market has a decline of 20 or 30 percent. Instead, you understand that this is a normal part of this cycle. And if you expect the expected, then panic does not set in. That is how you master this, is when you expect the market to go down, you're expecting this, then the panic's not going to set in. And that's why now I used to panic way back in the day, and now I could care less, like I said, because the panic does not set in. I expect the expected. So this is another key lesson that we have to learn right here. One of the hardest things about managing your money is figuring out where it's all going. And most of us are trying to save for several goals at once, which can feel like a daunting task to see if you're on track or even on pace to accomplishing your goals. But there is a tool that makes it so much easier, and it's called Monarch Money. They help you track your money flow without taking a ton of time and energy. And Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. And you can invite them with an extra account with their own login at no extra cost to collaborate with you. And Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can create custom budgets, set notifications, and you can set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications. And after trying Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash PFP. That's M-O-N- A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash P-F-P for your extended 30-day free trial. The key to winning in any business is making sure you have the right business partner. An example is Procter & Gamble or Ben & Jerry. But what about the perfect partners when it comes to growing your business? That's you and Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to, did we just hit a million dollars stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. And most people know one of your biggest struggles when it comes to starting an online business is finding new customers, and Shopify can help you do that. And what I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash PFP, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash PFP now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash PFP. Now is a great time of year to get your finances in order. And no matter what your financial goals are this year, when you use Chime's online checking account, you can cross all those financial to-dos off your list. Chime's online checking account has tons of benefits that millions of members love, like fee-fee overdraft up to $200. Plus, get paid up to two days early with direct deposit, all while managing your money on the go 24-7. And you get access to over 60,000 ATMs. So start building your credit and open a Chime checking account with at least $200 qualifying direct deposit to get started. Get started at Chime.com PFP. That's Chime.com PFP. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank, N.A., or Stride Bank, N.A., members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply.
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. And if you need to hire, you need Indeed because Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. And they have a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash personal finance. Just go to Indeed.com slash personal finance right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash personal finance. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Number nine, the natural born investor is a myth. So learning how to invest is absolutely a skill. And it's a skill that we've talked about a bunch of times here already where you have to master your psychology, but you also have to understand some of the basics as well. This is why we created Index Fund Pro because I believe that you can build the skill of investing and I believe anybody can build that skill. That is why we started with that course first as our first offering. The reason for that is so that people can really truly learn how to build wealth. But this is a skill that you can learn. There is no natural born investor. Nobody is born with this. Some people may be more intelligent than others like Warren Buffett, for example, is rumored to have a photographic memory. So that is a different thing entirely. But all of us can get the average rate of returns, which is a very profitable endeavor just to get the average rate of returns. Average is absolutely amazing when it comes to building wealth, especially when it comes to your investing. So here's a life hack. You can learn from the experiences of other people. So that's why I always read biographies from, say, some of these investors like Warren Buffett. There's a great biography called The Warren Buffett Way, where it walks through all of the investments that Warren Buffett did throughout his life. And it kind of breaks down why he did them. And it shows you in a very digestible way where it shows like each investment is like a page or two long, where it breaks down exactly why he did that. There's a bunch of great books out there like that, where you can learn why people invest, how they invest, and what they invest in. Maybe you don't want to invest in the market. Maybe you want to invest in boring businesses. We had Cody Sanchez on this podcast, and she talked about investing in boring businesses. I think that's one of the best ways to invest your money. Maybe you want to invest in real estate, but learning these different concepts so that you can understand the natural born investor is a myth. You have to learn this stuff. It's a skill that you can learn so that you can earn. And that is the key when it comes to this. Number 10, I don't know anyone who sits on their deathbed and says, gee, I wish I could spend more time in the office. So the reason why we talk about financial independence so much on this podcast and why we talk about financial freedom and the power that your money has is because money is there to bring you value. And the value that it can bring you is it can give you back your time so that you don't have to spend more time in the office. It gives you freedom of your time and it also gives you freedom so that you can spend more time with your family, your friends, whatever else you want to do. Nobody gets to the end of their life and says, I wish I spent more time in the office you got to remember that every single time you're thinking, hey, maybe I just need to spend four, five, six more hours tonight. I won't see my kids maybe for the rest of the week, but I can get some of this work done. you got to think through some of this before you get to that point. And this is why financial independence is so important because you don't have to make that decision anymore. Number 11, and listen to this one closely. A price drop in a good stock is only a tragedy if you sell at that price and never buy more. To me, a price drop is an opportunity to load up on bargains from among the worst performers and your laggers to show promise. If you can't convince yourself 
When I'm down 25%, I'm a buyer and banish forever the fatal thought when I'm down 25%, I'm a seller. You'll never make a decent profit in stocks. This is another example of what Warren Buffett's most famous quote is, be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. What does he mean by that? Is that when the market goes down by 25%, you should not freak out, you should not panic. Instead, you should become a buyer because you bought these things with conviction for a reason. And you gotta remember that conviction and you have that one page sheet available if you're gonna buy individual stocks. One thing I recommend if you're gonna buy individual stocks is you have a one page sheet that you create for each stock that you buy on why you bought it. And every year, as you're going through those individual stocks, you say, hey, do I still believe in this premise? Do I still believe in these reasons on why I bought the stock? At the end of the year, if you don't, then maybe that's a good reason to use that capital and put it towards another investment that you do believe in more. But having these one-page sheets is incredibly important so that you remember why you did what you did and if that is still a good reason to actually own this company. So that's another quick tip there that I utilize when I buy individual stocks. Now, another thing is people always ask me when the market takes a dip, I get a flood of DMs that ask me, should I sell? Should I sell? Should I sell? You're going to know my answer based on listening to this podcast this far all the way through so far. But you got to understand that when you buy something, if you buy something like the S&P 500, the S&P 500, for example, is the 500 largest stocks in the stock market. It's the 500 best companies in the U.S. stock market. Unless you think the U.S. is going to crash, which we have way larger problems if that happens, then sure, you should stay invested for the majority of the time in the S&P 500. In fact, I would never sell an S&P 500 index fund personally because I believe in the U.S. going forward. Number 12, stocks are a safe bet, but only if you stay invested long enough to ride out the corrections. This is a powerful message that a lot of people need to hear. Stocks are a safe bet, but only if you stayed invested long enough to ride out those corrections. This is the same exercise. Pull out your phone, look at the longest time horizon there is on a stock market chart, and you'll see why. Long-term investors always win. If you're a short-term investor, you're a day trader, this is obviously not the podcast for you, but at the same time, day traders really are not as profitable. There's a number of reasons why. We can talk about taxes. There's a bunch of other reasons as well, but you want to be a long-term investor if you want to build generational wealth. If you want to build generational wealth, the best investors in the world buy and they don't sell. And they only sell if you need the money in retirement when you're drawing down that money in your portfolio. You have not lost money unless you sell. Now, one quick tip is if there is a downturn and you really still start to panic, even though you understand all this stuff, is you can look at your portfolio less during downturns or during bear markets, which is exactly what I do. I don't look at my portfolio very often at all. But you can look at your portfolio less during downturns, and that's going to help you think less about it as well, because you know over the long term, the market goes in one direction, which is up. Number 13, long shots almost always miss the mark. Shout out to NFTs. So... If it sounds like it's too good to be true, it probably is. I have a major lesson in this. So one of my first investments that I ever bought when I was a teenager was a penny stock. And I would get this newsletter and I thought this newsletter was amazing. It was just some scammy guy who would send out this uh, penny stock newsletter. And every day he would send out the penny stocks that he loved to buy. And I would watch them and a couple of them would go up. And I'm like, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. And then eventually I finally took my $600 that I had as a teenager and the newsletter came out the next day. I'm like, I'm going to buy whatever he sends in this newsletter because I didn't understand investing yet completely. And so he sent out the newsletter. I bought the stock that morning. By the end of the day, that stock went from whatever the penny stock was, I think it was like, you know, a dollar or whatever it was, went all the way down to zero. That company was non-existent by the end of the day. And this was a pump and dump newsletter is essentially what it was. I learned that day 
that long shots always miss the mark. And I would never do something like that again. This is kind of what drew me to go towards index funds and learn more about how to invest your money where eventually I went to mutual funds, bought some mutual funds, and then then went to index funds. But this is the lesson that I had to learn. I had to lose basically my entire net worth as a teenager all in one day. So this is something where you can learn from my mistake that I just told you right here when I was very young. You do not want to invest all of your dollars into long shots. And really, if you're gonna invest in long shots, this is why we talk about your crypto portfolio should be 5% or less of your portfolio. Why? Because these are long shots. These don't have intrinsic values. They have no financials backing them. They're only worth what someone else says they're worth. So understanding that early on is gonna be very, very helpful for you. Number 14, you just don't know when you can find the bottom. This is something where when I used to day trade, and I did used to day trade, by the way, when I used to day trade when I was young, I was in my very, very early 20s, I never knew when to get out. And you just don't know when the bottom is going to happen. I never knew when to get out. No day trader can really tell you when to get out. They can have all these technical indicators and they can have all these things that come into play, but they never come into play at the time they think they're going to come into play. So understanding early on that you'll never be able to buy a stock at the bottom if you're an individual investor, but if you can find a stock at a good price and you think it's a good price, then it probably is a good investment for you if you've done your research. Number 15, this is for individual investors. The person that turns over the most rocks wins the game. And that's always been my philosophy. So Peter Lynch is saying here, the person who looks through the most companies and reads the most reports and understands the most companies usually wins the game. This is why Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger read about 500 pages per day. And he talks about some of the reasons why, because it helps him find investments. He's turning over an insane amount of rocks. Peter Lynch did the same thing. Peter Lynch would walk through the mall and look at companies and see which companies are busy. And if those companies were busy, then he would go home and research the stock. And he would do all these different things to kind of think through how can I find trends and how can I find investments? But this is for individual investors. Number 16, there seems to be an unwritten rule on Wall Street. If you don't understand it, then put your life savings into it. Show me an enterprise around the corner, which can at least be observed and seek out the one that manufactures an incomprehensible product. What he's saying here is you need to understand what you're investing in. If you don't understand what you're investing in and you put a ton of money into something that you don't understand completely what you're investing in, then you are making a huge mistake. Look down the street. All the companies that have been around forever within your community are all companies that you understand. They're companies that a lot of people understand. They know what it does. Maybe it's the local restaurant or the bakery, you know, the lumber yard or whatever those things are in your local industry. Well, think of it the same way as a stock market. You can have fun in everything in life, but to me, when it comes to my investments, I'm not looking to have fun. I'm looking for the best chance to get the highest rate of return that's going to be steady throughout my lifetime. I don't want the extra risk. I don't want the extra added things that can throw me off of my plan. I want to get from point A to point B the fastest and safest way. I don't want the excitement. I don't need the excitement. I don't need the thrills. That's why I invest in index funds. But the same goes for investing in your portfolio. Number 17, I love this one. The extravagance of any corporate office is directly proportional to management's reluctance to reward shareholders. So when you invest in a mutual fund that has really high fees and they have these really extravagant offices down on Wall Street, who do you think is paying for those offices and those fancy suits and all of those fancy Harvard graduates? Your investment fee is. This is why we want to keep fees as low as possible because it doesn't go to income producing activities for you. Instead, it goes to the fund manager and their office and funding their lifestyle. Keep fees as low as possible. But I love that quote. 18, 19 and 20 are all related. So we're going to combine these three together. 18, you shouldn't just pick a stock. You should do your homework. 19, you should not buy a stock because it's cheap, but because you know a lot about it. 
Number 20, the worst thing you can do is invest in companies you know nothing about. Unfortunately, buying stocks on ignorance is still a popular American pastime. All three of these are all about understanding the investments that you're looking at. And if you're going to buy individual stocks, you need to understand that company wholly. How do you do this? You can look at 10Ks. You got to understand how to read financial reports. There's a bunch of great programs out there to understand how to read financial reports. But you got to be able to put the work in. And it's a lot more work than a lot of people are willing to do, especially if you're looking to invest in something like value stocks, for example. Or if you're looking to be a dividend investor, you got to have a whole complete plan on exactly why you're doing this, then explain it simply. So all of these are talking about you need to fully understand the companies that you're investing in. For the longest time, Warren Buffett would not invest in tech companies. Why? Because he did not understand how some of these tech companies operate. Now he invests a large portion in companies like Apple, but early on, he did not understand tech companies. And during the tech boom, he thought there was a lot of risky companies within that tech boom. So instead, he invested in companies like Coca-Cola, Procter & Gamble, railroads, all the classic companies that he understood and can fully understand how they work. Number 21, never buy anything that you can't illustrate on the back of a napkin. This is another great one of fully understanding, but keeping it simple. And then number 22, and this is a great lesson for a lot of us to learn. You only need a few good stocks in your lifetime. I mean, how many times do you need a stock to go up tenfold to make a lot of money? Not a lot. And what this is saying is that if you simplify your portfolio, you keep your investments simple and you buy things that you completely and fully understand, then you're going to be a much better off than someone who buys 100 different stocks and has no idea what they're buying. Or if you buy index funds, you don't have to buy 20 index funds. In fact, we talk about this in Index Fund Pro. You buy one to five index funds to build out your portfolio. You don't need to overcomplicate this. And so keeping your portfolio simple is one of the best things that you can do in order to simplify your entire investing life. Listen, so these are the 22 lessons from Peter Lynch. I think these are absolutely amazing for you to kind of look through. If you want this PDF, we will link it up down below so you can download and look through all these and use these as reminders. These are something where they are fantastic to remind you, especially if you get stressed out when the market takes a dip. There's a bunch of things here that are going to help you walk through that so you can think through every time you start to invest your money, you want to see some of these. And in fact, if you are not motivated to invest, automating your investments is one of the best things that you can do, but also using this as motivation and reading through some of these quotes is also a great way to stay motivated as you invest your dollars. If you guys have any questions, make sure you hit us up on Instagram or TikTok at Master Money Co. and follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever podcast player you're listening on right now. And don't forget, the Master Money YouTube channel has a bunch of new videos coming out. We just had one about the best Fidelity Index funds. We have one about the best Vanguard Index funds coming out as well. So make sure you check out the Master Money YouTube channel. We have a bunch of great videos coming out on the three fund portfolio, the three fund portfolio versus the S&P 500 portfolio. We're doing some deep dive breakdowns on there. So Master Money YouTube channel is a great place for additional resources as well. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. Make sure you share it with a family or friend if you got any value whatsoever. And we will see you on the next episode. Everyone's heard the saying, you have to spend money to make money, but everything in life from travel to starting a business is expensive, which is why I want to tell you about a new podcast I love that will teach you all the tactics, tricks, and tips you need to upgrade your life, money, and even travel all while spending less and saving more. It's called All the Hacks, and it's a top-ranked show hosted by my good friend, Chris Hutchins a financial optimizer, an entrepreneur who's racked up millions of points, and he sold two companies. 
And if you want to rethink the way you're spending money, you have to check out the episode 91 with Bill Perkins and why you should be optimizing for net fulfillment and not net worth and striving to die with zero. All the Hacks has something for everyone, and I'm sure you'll find a new tactic that you can apply to your own life, whether it's a money hack that increases your net worth or a routine change that boosts your productivity. So check out All the Hacks. That's All the Hacks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your wallet will thank you later.